When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, lacrosse fans? You're watching the 116th episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. I am your host, Ted Hoost. You could be listening as well. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Hobart. Hobart, the Hobart Statesman out of upstate New York in Geneva. They have been intriguing the last couple of years because from an offensive perspective, they they have been as good as anyone. Now, defensively, that's a different story. But when you put up as many goals as they've put up over the course of the last two seasons, it's going to... Uh, garner some attention and it, it did it did grab my eyeballs for a little while and I've been trying to pick up and catch every Hobart game that I could uh, I kind of got into Hobart back in the day in the 90s back when they were still playing d3 and they were dominating I remember a pivotal game and kind of my my it was set me on the path to become a college lacrosse fanatic at all levels not just d1 but d1 two three all the way through was the uh, Salisbury State Hobart National Championship I think it was Salisbury State Hobart uh, when uh, Jason I think it was Jason Kaufman I, I forget the Kaufman brothers but uh, it was one, it was the 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 Kaufman brother that tore it up for four years at Salisbury State played and I loved that dude I then I ended up wanting to go to Salisbury State I ended up going to Cuca um, what is it you know. 20 minutes down the road from Hobart, but I digress uh, before. And then I want to talk a little bit today also about COVID uh, just, you know, we've, we've been kind of watching how the college football season has gone down and uh, it's starting to make me feel a lot more optimistic that we're actually going to have a college lacrosse season. Uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit also before I get into the rest of it, as always, be sure to like subscribe, hit the notification bell, just blindly hit the, the like button, share the video with your friends, spread the word that we're doing this. Uh, we're always on youtube.com forward slash lax factor. If you want to watch us on YouTube and you can see this show, if you're an audio listener, you can go to YouTube and actually watch the show. And if you are a, a YouTube watcher and you want to listen, uh, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash lax factor or anywhere that you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, you name it you can get this podcast there and then as always you can go to laxfactor.com you can we're actually going to start putting up more written columns Uh, so there is a written column that kind of goes along with this podcast in terms of Hobart and then this podcast will go up as its own video but you can check out everything we put up at laxfactor.com as well as buy some swag hats t-shirts all that good stuff so let us dive into it will Hobart retain the heat offensively in 2021 They've been as good as anybody over the last three seasons. In 2019, they averaged 13.94 goals per game, and that was good for ninth in the nation. And they they play a pretty tough schedule. A lot of people would say, eh, can they keep that up over the course of a whole season? Because in 2020, Hobart was sitting at number one in the country in terms of scoring offense, and they were averaging 19.6 goals per game per game. That is absolutely bonkers. That's a full goal per game more than the number two team, Cornell. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, but once they get into their league play, they wouldn't be able to keep that up. Au contraire, mon frere. They would have been able to keep that up. Hobart, I legitimately think that if that 2020 season had played out, I think they would have finished a season averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 17, 16 to 17 goals per game. Uh, It would have been bonkers. 
the question is, can they can they do that? A lot of teams, especially a lot of teams that are you know part of private school, private institutions, not tied to the Ivy. A lot of these teams have ended up making out really well due to COVID. I mean, not to make light of COVID, but in terms of just retaining players and saying, hey, that was a shit sandwich that we all had to eat with the COVID shortened season, but we're going to bring back everybody and get a chance to try to do that again. You know, you have a lot of teams that are in that uh, in that ball, in that area, like Syracuse, for, for instance. And then you have teams like uh, uh, Duke who have, you know, feasted in the transfer market and uh, have actually, you know, benefited and Denver is another team that's benefited uh in terms of the roster build so Hobart Hobart's one of the teams that I kind of listed that kind of got hurt worse than anyone I think Yale maybe you can make the argument Yale got hurt worse by COVID than Hobart did in terms of the departures and guys not coming back because Hobart lacks quality or maybe not quality graduate programs but just graduate programs in general so losing Eric Holden to Maryland, uh, that's going to sting. Holden, 20 goals and eight assists. He was, in my opinion, their all-around best player, an incredible Dodger, ball carrier, two-handed guy. I picture Holden heading to Maryland and fitting in well, playing some mid at Maryland. And, and actually, I think he'll get time, and I think he'll actually do well. Uh, uh, just, I just don't see how he couldn't. He's a vet. He's smart. He's tough. He can score goals, all things that Maryland's going to put a premium on. So that's going to sting. Anybody that's a fan of Hobart is, go- is going to admit, ooh, that one stings. Also gone, Sam Lucchese. Uh Lucchese was an incredible goaltender, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but from his sophomore year in 2018, he didn't play at all as a freshman, but in 2018, 12 games as a sophomore, and he had a 48% save percentage with a defense not all that great in front of him. Uh, in 2019 as a junior, he improved to 52%. So you see marked improvement. That's what you want to see out of a goalie. Get the kid in there, get him the reps, and then how is that kid going to respond the following year and the year after? So as a junior, 52%. And then as a senior, 56.6% thus far in the COVID-shortened season. And they, they had some good teams that they played in there. It wasn't like they were playing cupcakes all the way through. These guys were, were playing some ball. So losing Lucchese, Lucchese hurts badly, and uh, he ended up getting drafted, and uh, he's, he's now playing for the Bayhawks in the MLL. I think he saw action in two games during their bubble, their bubble season. But despite losing your best offensive player, despite losing your best defensive player, because Lucchese was, I would say, definitely their best defensive player, at least the anchor of their defense. They did have a couple of, they have a couple of solid poles. Uh, but there's still reason to be optimistic in Geneva despite that. Ryan Archer, seven goals, 11 assists. He, his production's going to go up. He's a great ball carrier, can do it all. Jason Knox is a damn savage. That dude, 18 goals, three assists. Uh, in the shortened season, I think they were Hobart was four and one uh, when the season ended. So five games, he goes for twenty one points. Uh, so they end up bringing back overall five of their top nine leading scorers are returning. A couple other guys, John Harley, uh, twelve goals and an assist. Derek Madonna, seven goals and two assists. And I'm not sure. I think Knox. I think Knox was the dude who put up ten goals against Siena. Early in the season, if I'm if I'm if I'm correct, if he's number sixty six, I think it was Knox that put all those points up. But either way, they have a lot of guys coming back offensively, and that, that I I don't think 
they're not getting back to the 19 goals a game. I don't think that Holden's production and what Holden did in terms of just drawing, drawing eyeballs and keeping defenses busy, I think that they're not going to be able to replace that. That's going to be tough. But I think that they're going to be able to still put points up, and based on their schedule, I think they're still going to live in that area of, say, 13 to 16 goals per game. And in their conference, that's going to put them right up there at the top. I mean, you got Bobby Moe who I think is also going to be a solid team. It'll be really tough to see who ends up winning their conference. But either way, reason to be optimistic because you have those guys coming back offensively. And then where COVID didn't hurt them as bad as it did uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they're returning pretty much all their D. They re uh, returned P.J. Delpha, great defender. Sam Mueller, another really solid defender. Um, I... Eowyn Hurley, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, and LSM. They have a couple of other. They're actually really deep at the LSM position. And for Hobart, they're, they're, they're solid. It's almost stacked at the defensive side of the ball. The problem with that is last year, uh, over you know in that shortened season, they were 43rd over their first five games in the country for scoring defense. They averaged, they gave up exactly 12 goals a game was that number. So they have to improve upon that, and they have to improve upon that with a first-year goalie hanging out between the pipes. I think it'll be Holtby that'll end up probably getting the start. He, st he played in numerous games in mop-up duty, seemed to be their backup, and he is a, a good goalie. His save percentage was above 50% in the duty that he got uh, last year as they were beating teams up. So I think that their problem defensively is like, hey, offensively, can you stay in the top five with what you have coming back? Yes, scoring offense, I think that they're going to be really good, and that offensive scheme lends itself well to the kind of – that that concept of next man up uh, defensively with a new goalie, that's going to be a test and that's going to be a challenge, but they do bring back a really solid core group of defenders. I forget who that short stick D mid is, but he's coming back as well. So they have all the pieces. They have three solid starting long poles. And I believe from what I said, the two guys I named, and then there's a third that's in that mix that they said will almost guaranteed be a starter. And then you have solid short stick, uh, sh a solid short stick D mid, couple solid LSM. So I think that you have a good group of guys in front of your, your first year starting goalkeeper. That's got to help a little bit. So in all, I think that I'd put Hobart in the area, like eight, eight to 10 wins, depending on how their conference play plays out. They should be able to get back and, and stay kind of at the, at the, in the mix for winning their conference. And uh, what kind of got me on the Hobart kick and why I wanted to talk to him was there was an article by, uh, who'd I say it was by, um, Matt, was it Matt? Yeah, Matt Kinnear, uh, in, and inside lacrosse. I'll put a link there in the description. Uh, at Hobart Fallball, players dialed in as they've ever been. So he's saying that the dudes are are buying in. They're on campus. They're wanting to stay on campus long term. Uh, guys, he says that guys are coming in asking if they can stay and, and work out through. Um, Thanksgiving break. Can they stay over Christmas? Guys do not want to go home. They're having a good time. They're staying safe. Another uh, little insight that this kind of said was it was it gave us insight into how they're practicing. So we're going to kind of use this as a segue uh, to get into talking about the COVID side of things. As always, though, in the middle of here, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you've got this far and haven't done that already, do it. And then you can always go to laxfactor.com to uh, uh, support us beyond that. But uh, as we kind of transition from here, one of the interesting things from the Hobart article on Inside Lacrosse that I saw was they're, they're practicing in groups. And I believe that the idea behind this is if we keep the guys in six to 10 man groups, those guys only expose each other. So at any given point, if you do have a positive COVID test, 
the guys that that person has been around a lot, at least in terms of their organization and their organized practice, would be the guys that they're working in the pods with. So you could kind of limit if at any given time, maybe that pod gets sick, boom, you may have to play a game without six guys, but you're not going to get canceled altogether. So they're talking about how the guys have just enjoyed being back on the field again, how it's almost like coming, coming back from a season ending injury. But this, in this case, everybody has that feeling. If you have a, I've never had a season ending injury before, but if you did, I'm sure when you come back, you have a greater appreciation for what the, the sport means to you and just getting to play uh, means. And now everybody has that feeling. So I don't know if that's going to translate into to a situation where it helps them because every team is in that same boat. But it was interesting to just see, hey, here's what we're doing in practice to try to keep guys safe, working in small groups, trying to get them to only hang out in those small groups and uh, you know, just trying to keep everybody safe, but doing so in a way that I think that we'll be able to get a season off. Now, as we fully transition from Hobart into the COVID talk, college football has given us some hope, I think, that we may be able to end up playing a season here. The The way a lot of these college football teams have been doing it is, hey, we're just going to play, we're going to practice, and when we have COVID positive COVID tests, we're going to just test everybody, quarantine people. We've seen a couple of games. The SEC was killing it right up to the point where they finally did have to um, postpone a game. Uh, and, and I think college football is doing it better than the NFL already, where – they they just the the day goes on you know with the NFL where they've had a, a handful of covid tests they've bumped games and they're they're starting to run into problems there already whereas college is just like hey we've got 17 guys on our roster quarantined and away from the team we've got all of these guys that are healthy today that's who we're going to play with so it's been interesting to see how college has handled it and they've kept They've kept going, and the, this is not lacrosse. I guess l- some of these lacrosse rosters probably do get up there close to the football rosters, but these football teams are carrying a boatload of dudes. They're all the kind of guinea pigs for the idea of a bubble, practicing in bubbles, and trying to keep them safe. I think in football, it's a lot harder in lacro- than lacrosse maybe to compartmentalize the practice as well. So the benefit that I think lacrosse has over college football is that they get to watch what's worked for college football from an athletic department standpoint and policy standpoint. Then they get to kind of try to use that, what they've learned there for their own things. And then they can even try to test new things and new ideas and, and borrow from other people. So I think that in it, the benefit lacrosse is going to have or all spring sports are going to have is, hey, we know what worked for football. And partially what works is try to keep the guys safe, try to keep the guys from getting COVID, but then where where guys do, isolate them quickly, test everybody around them, get anybody who is exposed separated from the team, and the, the beat goes on. You keep playing. And I think that by spring, we should hopefully have a handle on this and figure out how to make it work. So for the first time, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic that we're actually going to have a college season versus not having a college season. Because if you had asked me uh, even a month and a half ago, is there going to be college across in the spring? I would have been 50-50 and, and maybe even a little bit below that. I may have ended up thinking, yeah, there's probably not. But now that we've seen a bunch of sports get through, we've seen and gotten practice in how to handle it when you have out either mini outbreaks or full-blown outbreaks within your organization. I think that that's going to help them better prepare for winter sports, for spring sports. And I think we are going to see an unencumbered college season now for the first time. I'm feeling confident we're going to see a college season make it all the way through. Now, the kicker here is, are we going to see every player play every game? No. Are we going to end up seeing some some teams lose 
six starters and have to play a game with a bunch of guys off the bench or even go deep into their bench to play a game? Maybe, and quite possibly, yes. It dep- it'll, it'll depend, and that will be interesting to see how that plays out because with college football so far, it's like, hey, our, our starting quarterback isn't there. Oh, well, we got to play without him. Hey, we're missing half of our defense. Yeah, oh, well, we got to play with the guys that are there. And I think that'll be almost cool to see. It'll kind of be like seeing fall ball in the spring to a degree if that starts happening. I hope it doesn't. I hope we have therapeutics treatments. I hope guys are able to stay safe and stay clean as if COVID is steroids or something like that. But uh, for the first time, I am legitimately feeling optimistic that we are going to have a COVID season. Uh, uh, a season through COVID and not have it get totally jacked up. I think we're going to get from uh, preseason ball all the way to the national title game being played. Will we have fans? Probably. Probably we will have fans. It'll just be minimal fans or whatnot. So maybe we don't get to watch. Maybe I have to really uh, utilize that press pass here that I didn't. I I got a press pass uh, for Syracuse last year, barely utilized it. Um, because I preferred to go to the games and just be a fan, just be a normal person. Uh, so maybe I'll have to put that to use this year. But I'm feeling good, man. I know a lot of us were super disheartened, super nervous that this wasn't going to happen, and we were going to end up having season in a you know a, a season and a half at least of no lacrosse. But I think we're going to at least get some lacrosse, and I think we'll actually get through all the season. Maybe maybe teams will limit limit games. We'll see how that all plays out once it goes down. But that is all good. Uh, another thing that we are going to start doing here is we're going to do the podcast. We're going to do the episodes. The podcast and all these episodes are primarily going to talk about just lacrosse in general, random stuff, random news. And then we're going to start doing a legitimate kind of, hey, here's the news and walk through, screen share, show you the articles, kind of just show you what I'm reading. So the idea being that I'm already prepping for the episodes every week. So I might as well kind of do a two two banger where it's like not everything I read and prep makes it into this podcast because I do try to just find two topics and go with them. Uh, But there's like five topics that I would have talked about if I had had the time that I don't. So uh, even though I know I always say, hey, I'm going to do this, and then I end up not being able to just because logistically it doesn't work out. I've been planning for weeks now uh, in the background, getting things ready so that we can start putting out two episodes per week. We'll record them probably both the same day. One of them going to be this format here. Like you're seeing, another one will be probably me from my recording from my actual desk over there uh, where I'm just sitting in my desk, sharing my screen, going through articles, talking about some writers that I follow, uh, ripping through the Instagram and the Twitter and Facebook and seeing what's going on there and just just bullcrapping and talking about it. And I think that we'll do that, record it at first, but eventually that will become the live stream show is that we'll eventually just live stream me reading the news and talking about what I'm seeing. And then this will always continue to be recorded and prepped and all that crap. So that is it. That's the episode for today. I might, I'm not sure if I ran short, long, what I did here, but uh, next week we'll get back into it. I'm just going to keep talking about college lacrosse teams. I'm going to pick a team. I'm going to talk about them every single week and their prospects for the 2021 season, along with whatever topics work in. So that will be the format of the show here as we you know get through the winter months is pick a team, talk about a team. And uh, that's it. As always, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Uh, be sure to share the video with your cronies. Uh, make sure people know about this whole bad boy. And then as always, you can go to laxfactor.com to get yourself some swag. Support us there. We're going to start putting out regular columns, uh, articles, uh, memes, all sorts of stuff. So we're going to try to be a lot more active simply because 
I've got some help and we're going to be able to plan and I've got some new software. It's going to make everything a little bit easier, a little bit more efficient, uh, a little bit less editing involved in the videos as I just get to record this and pop that up now uh, with how we're, you know, framing this whole thing here, remodeling the office completely. So eventually I'll probably even go maybe with a wider cut. And uh, so those are, that's what I'm doing, man. Uh, let me know what you're doing in the comments down below. That's one thing. I, I always have a question of the week that I just keep forgetting to ask every episode. The question of the week this week. Let's see how many people make it to the end of this video. If you make it to the end of this video, be sure to comment down below answering me with the question of the week. How do you feel about the COVID season? Are you afraid that this isn't going to happen still? What are your anxieties that surround it? What are your worries? What do you think that teams could do well? to try to ensure that they keep their players safe and healthy? Are you against them playing? Are you for them playing? How do you feel about all these college, all these teams that are slowly but surely kind of cutting down? I see Swart, what is it, Swartmouth? Um, just a, a Swartmouth, is that how you pronounce that? I don't, I don't know. But I see they just folded their 2021 season, so that stinks for those guys. I, if I was them, I'd want a refund, at least a partial refund. I'm sure that not a single guy on that lacrosse team picked that school based solely on their education. I could be wrong. Maybe there's a handful of them, but most of those guys went to school there, I presume, as a mix. Like, hey, I like the lacrosse program and I like the school. That's why I'm going here. Now there's no lacrosse program. So uh, it stinks. It stinks for those guys. At some point, maybe I'll get off my arse and maybe I'll talk to a couple of them and, and throw some quotes your way. But that's it. I'm rambling now. Sound starting to sound a little crazy. So Hoost is out. Come back next week. 